have been studying the book of Revelation. We took sort of a mild detour <coughs> last year in the hyphen Bible study. We had gone through the book of Revelation kind of verse by verse and chapter by chapter. <coughs> and we uh, have some of those that we still have uh, available on various media forms. We're trying to do better. It's difficult. We've been Zooming and we got it now where we can record. But <coughs> the uh, point is we have been studying and uh, there was mixed emotion. We were talking about doing it sort of at the end before we took a summer break. And uh, we have uh, some that um, recognize that it's a pretty heavy subject. It's a pretty involved subject and it is uh, somewhat uh, can be overwhelming and I am uh, even frightening if you will and I've been driving around this week uh, <coughs> various situations in town and um, picked up Brother Richard one night from work late and um, came back through and from his place to mine you kind of have to go through downtown and roads were blocked and zombies were walking and <clears throat> had a jail and there was lights all around that and people buying tickets I guess to go into that I don't know I I didn't go I I avoided all the zombies and all of the things turned down another street and turned around another street and <clears throat> tried to get out of the way of the apocalypse that was happening in downtown Newark and I began as you have all this month I'm sure seen the proliferation of spider webs and all kinds of things hanging off of houses and skeletons and jack-o'-lanterns and scary faces and I, has anybody seen any of that and people spending money for blow-up designs on uh, whatever that they have out in their front yard and the electricity to keep them aired up and all the above and I, I um, begin to think about two or three years ago, maybe four years ago, I don't remember, <clears throat> a Chinese man who was being held in a concentration camp basically for uh, 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 believing in a uh, religion where they kind of do Thai, you know, chi or whatever, feng shui or whatever it is. And, and uh, he was picked up as a dissident of the state of communism and brought basically to a slave labor camp. And he was amazed at all of the decorations that these factories were making to, to celebrate the dead. And so he put in notes in those uh, things that he was making that he would say, you know, please, my name is so-and-so and so-and-so. Uh, I'm being held captive because he said, surely if people in America 
would, would love to buy things to honor the dead, they will help the living. And believe it or not, two years later, his note surfaced and somebody bought a graveyard scene or whatever, skeletons from China, and there was this note in it asking for help, and they tracked him down, and sure enough, uh, they were able to talk and at that point get him out of, of some of those camps and uh, get him uh, released. And so, anyway, the point is that all that scary stuff is going on. And so I thought today, since we are doing Harvest Fest and we are uh, seeing all of these things going on, that I would talk about the book of Revelation. And I put dash encouragement. And everybody today is going, oh, Lord, how heavy can you get? We've all seen the four horses of the apocalypse. That's scary. That's from Revelation. We've seen pictures or depictions of the end times and last days and what's going to happen. How, pastor, can you get that this is encouraging? And I, I thought, well, I just want to try to help us recognize the encouragement of the book of Revelation. Now, first of all, the Bible is very clear that if you read the book or if you hear the book, or if you understand the book, you get a double portion blessing. It's not just the same as a single reading of another portion of Scripture. So, first of all, it gives you a double blessing. And so we all know the red horse and the black horse and the pale horse and, and death and, and destruction and disease and all of these terrible terrible zombies that are riding horses, if you will. And, um, you know, how, how do you get that to be encouragement? And I know that if you study the history of the book of Revelation, you find that it was written by John, and John, who we would call the beloved or the revelator, who was, um, was one of the disciples of the Lord. And what's amazing is that he is writing it from the island of Patmos. And Patmos is just a small island off the west coast of Turkey, what is present-day Turkey. At that time, it was called Asia Minor. And so here he is on this island, and the reason he is on this island is because they tried to martyr John. They tried to kill John. And according to Tertullius, who was one of the historians, said that they actually got a big boiling cauldron of oil, a big pot of boiling oil, and they threw John into it. And for some reason, the oil didn't burn him, didn't kill him. 
And according to Tertullius, when they dumped the pot out, he had no blisters. He had no physical damage to his body. And so the best thing to do is to send him to the Isle of Patmos where he can't influence anymore any of the people around. He cannot be of an impact on these churches that are in Asia Minor. Part of the reason for that is because John was preaching about Jesus Christ. And he was trying to convince folks to be converted to Jesus Christ and to accept him as their Lord and their Savior. Now, you can read the book of Acts and you can read 17th chapter, 18th chapter, 19th chapter, where these churches in Asia Minor were started in Corinth and Ephesus, and you go through city after city, and all of these churches that he writes this book to, Revelation, is to seven of these churches that are there. And he is encouraging them, believe it or not, he is encouraging them because they are facing a, uh, we, we think according to history that John died in the year 99 AD and the person that was Caesar from about 81 to 92 or whatever it is was Domitian. And you probably have never heard of Domitian, but he like other Caesars, he was actually the last in the court of Flavius that came into power in Rome. And he, like all the others, signed his name, Domitian, Lord, God, and Caesar. Now, if you've got a guy preaching that there is a Lord and a God, and that Lord and God is not Caesar, but he is Jesus, then you've got a troublemaker on your hands and you got to stop the troublemaker. So the best thing to do is to boil him in oil. Guess what? That didn't work. So they sent him to Patmos and he goes to the Isle of Patmos and the Bible is very clear that this became the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show him, to show unto his servants, plural. He knew he was going to write these to the church, the things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Now, I understand that you say, well, Jesus had already said in Mark that of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. But now, after the resurrection, after Jesus is gone and ascended, now the point is Jesus knows what's fixing to happen. Now you say, he was God manifest in the flesh. He knew what was going to happen before. Yes, he knew he was going to be crucified. Yes, he knew these things. Yes, 
but he was not able to reveal it. But only within clouded sort of things, he would tell his disciples, I've got to go to Jerusalem to be punished. I've got to go to Jerusalem. I must needs go. But now, all of a sudden, he is now open and able to go to Jerusalem. Second verse of Revelation, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and all the things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which were written therein for the time is at hand. It's not enough just to read it and it's not enough just to hear it. But you've got to actively keep it. And that's what John was saying as he wrote to those churches. Oh, I know a lot of people that would say, well, I know better. I've known what to do. Let me tell you, you're judging yourself in this hour. For the Bible says, he that knoweth to do and doesn't, it becomes sin to him. And so he says, blessed are those that read and hear and keep. He wasn't the only ones that would say this. Simon Peter in his book, he wrote this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up the words which were spoken. I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before of the holy prophets and of the commandments of the apostle and uh, of the Lord, our Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? We've, we've heard this preached. We've heard this song sung. Oh, glorious day, he's coming back. But I'm telling you, I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if I can buy it. I don't know if I understand it. I don't think it's coming, he said for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation for this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water in the water and whereby the world that was being overflowed with water perisheth what are you saying I'm saying the Lord made this thing in a moment he can fold it up like a scroll and say it's finished because he's the creator. But the heaven and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of godly men. Now you say, oh pastor, this is depressing. <laughs> it's depressing to hear about, you know, well this thing and, and we hear it all the time and we think it's, it's something that we can control. Climate change, it's getting hotter. Climate 
craziness. It's getting colder. And what's happening to the ozone and what's happening to the, and we have all our scientific explanations. But I'm here to tell you, and I, 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 I believe in being, you know, kind to the planet and doing our best to not litter, et cetera, et cetera. But when, it, when the Lord says it's enough, I don't care if you're recycling everything. It's going to be, I mean, an asteroid or whatever, a volcano. So here he is, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia. You know what he says to them? What's the first word? Grace. Oh, Aren't you thankful? Here he was on the Isle of Patmos, and he's writing to these seven churches that are just miles away from him through boat and then on the shore in sort of a semicircle. And he says, Grace be unto you and peace from he which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Why is that encouraging? Because no matter what they were going through, John was telling them, Jesus knows where you are. And he knows what you're going through. And he knows you need grace and peace. You say, well, I'm overwhelmed. Grace and peace. Well, I don't know what to do. Grace and peace. In a world that is full of anxiety, in a world that, I, I don't know, I don't know whether to get my eighth vaccination or my ninth or my twelfth. Huh? You say, have you had that many? No, not yet, but I'm telling you, we got a world that's trying to figure it all out. Should you buy gold? Should you sell gold? Should you buy silver? Should you buy stock? Well, this one is low. I heard there was some man on, on uh, Kramer, I guess was his last name, that made a big apology because he said he's been encouraging people to buy metaverse or something. And now he let, says Zuckerberg is terrible. And he said, don't, don't buy it anymore because the stock... Well, I, I didn't buy any of Zuckerberg's metaverse or whatever it is, but, huh? We got a world that is scrambling when there is peace that you can have that passes understanding. I don't care what the doctors say. I don't care what the prognosis is. I know, as we've already said today, there is a God that is able to intervene. There is a God that is able to step in regardless of what else the reports are. Amen. And that's what John was telling these churches, grace and peace. And here he is to these seven churches, you know, and he says, this is the same God that was spoke. 
He is the one that is, that was, and which is to come. There is no other God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the one that was the I am. He is the one that spoke the worlds into existence. Isaiah, the 11th chapter, talks about the seven spirits, and it says it like this. There shall come forth out of the stem of Jesse a branch that shall grow out of his roots, and the spirit of the Lord, one, shall rest upon him, spirit of wisdom, two, spirit of understanding, three, spirit of counsel, four, might, five, spirit of knowledge, and then the fear of the Lord. And he says, I want to tell you, there is something that has the complete spirit on him, and guess what? That same spirit that was in Jesus... You say, I, I, need, I need the spirit of the Lord. I need a spirit of wisdom. I need a spirit of understanding. Oh, if I had counsel, if I had might, if I had knowledge, I, if I had the fear of the Lord, it's all in him. And I want to tell you, you don't get a Holy Ghost that is just one of those or two of those. It's that same Holy Ghost that resurrected Jesus out of the grave. It's the same Holy Ghost that we can have. You can at any moment say, Lord, Lord, I don't know what I can do. I don't have the answer. I need understanding. I need knowledge. And I'm here to tell you that the Holy Ghost inside of you can flow out and quicken your mortal mind and you can all of a sudden have an understanding that you didn't have. Amen. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, first you've got to stir it up. That's what Paul told Timothy. Stir that thing up that's inside of you. He says, the Lord shall not judge with the sight of his eyes, neither reprove with the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor, reprove the iniquity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. That was in Isaiah. And yet, what do we have in the midst of all of this? Grace and peace. You say, the world's going crazy. The world's under stress. The world, you know, and I understand. And kids are overwhelmed. And kids are feeling, uh, people are overwhelmed. Let me tell you, the best thing you can do for your children is make sure they're in the house of the Lord and they know how to access grace and peace. They're not going to find grace and peace. Name it. You don't find grace and peace. And, and that's one of the, the little flags to know, you know, is this something I should do if I don't feel grace and peace about it? I might need to go, uh, it's not what I need to do. Going back to Revelation, fifth verse. And from Jesus Christ, who is... <clears throat> Faithful witness. Everybody say faithful witness. Faithful. Who is the first begotten of the dead? Everybody say he's the first begotten of the dead. Who is the prince of the kings of the earth? Everybody say prince of the kings of the earth. That's how John started that fifth verse. Let me tell you, this is from Jesus Christ. Number one, he is a faithful witness. You know what it means to be faithful? 
means trustworthy. He is there. I don't care if nobody else shows up. He shows up. He'll be there. You say, well, I don't know what I'm going to... He'll be there. Who is a faithful witness, first begotten of the dead, Under faithful witness, I, I put down he's reliable and he is, he is coming back. You know why? Because he told his disciples, the way I'm going, you're going to see me come back. Now, either he is a faithful witness or he isn't. I don't care what anybody else says. He's coming again. Oh, glorious day. You say, but it's been 2,000 years. He said you were soon. You know what? I understand. But you know what? I still believe he's coming again. <laughs> he is the first begotten of the dead. Why? Why the first begotten of the dead? Other dead people had been dead and rose from the dead. Maybe they, they did something or maybe they touched the bones of a prophet or whatever. But this is a guy that came, was the first to die be resurrected to never die again. That's the key. And what does that do for me? That gives me a hope of resurrection. That's why when I go down in the watery grave of baptism, I want you to say in Jesus' name because that's the name of the guy that was dead and was buried and came up on his own. And that's what baptism is all about. Once I'm dying to my sins and I'm going down in that great name and coming out to walk in newness of life. And then the same spirit that got him up, I can have. You can have. That's what it means is the hope of our resurrection. And what are you saying? The last one, he is the prince of the kings of the earth. What that was interpreted in the King James Version, prince, what it basically means is a ruler of the kings of the earth. He is a ruler of all the kings. What are you saying? <laughs> the mission... Assigning his name, Lord and God, I'm telling you, there is a Lord and God. Oh, Domitian, how powerful you are. His own friends called him in late one night and said they needed to talk to him, and they killed his hide. Domitian, not so much a Lord now, huh? And he didn't get up. But I'm here to tell you, Daniel, he records Nebuchadnezzar, Darius, Belshazzar, Trump, Putin, Biden. I don't care what name you want to call the kings of the earth. There is a king. I'm sorry. I don't care who it is. There is a king that is able to set up, take down, yeah. change. Oh, no, Putin's all powerful. No, no, let me tell you, Putin's out of control. Oh, he might be out of control what it appears like, but the Lord knows just how yeah. far. Yeah. 
what he's going to allow, what he's setting up. You say, I've, I heard somebody say, this is going to be a bad winter and there's going to be a food shortage and Russia's got submarines off the southern coast of Florida fixing to attack America's heartland. And I, I've heard it all, folks. But you know what I still believe in? There is a king. Churches, I know you're listening to Domitian, but I'm here to tell you there is a prince of the kings of the earth and they'll go so far but my God is still in control. He is still the Lord of lords and the king of kings no matter what anyone says or does. And what's so powerful about that king, the rest of that verse says, and he loved us and he washed us from our sins in his own blood. He's redeemed us and he's still in charge. And that's what John, that's why John was writing this book of Revelation. He said, I want you to know this is what this guy told me. Oh, it's coming. But let me tell you, don't ever forget who's in charge. He's still in charge. Daniel, you remember? You can read it all about it. Daniel, you know, Nebuchadnezzar was so big and bad. He was not a believer. And yet Daniel had a, an experience. And Nebuchadnezzar ends up going off into the field and eating grass like a crazy man for several years. And Anyway, <clears throat> here's what Nebuchadnezzar finally wrote. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar... <laughs> Read it in Daniel, the fourth chapter. Praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose words are true and his ways judgment. Those that walk in pride, he is able to bring down. And that's what John was telling the churches. You think you're bigger than God now, but I'm here to tell you what's coming. And the king of kings said, there's going to come a day when he's going to unleash everything on this earth. And then at some point, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. There is a God. And that's a king that is above. Oh, I know we're living in a very self-centered world that I can do what I want and I'm big and bad and I'm free and I, I have all power and nothing's going to bother me. Let me tell you something. Every knee shall bow. You can make up your mind. I want to do it today on my own. Or you can say, Lord, at some point, I know you're going to force me because you know what uh, what. Paul wrote to the Philippians, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the Father, God the Father. What are you saying? I'm saying no matter what you're going through, 
it's time to praise him. No matter what's, what's overwhelming you, it's not time to collapse. It's not time to bury your head in your hand and cry. Oh, I understand. I, I feel like crying. I feel like I, I was at the bedside of Brother Larry. And I feel like, oh, I wish I could just speak the word. But you know what I started doing? Raising my hands and thanking the Lord. What are you doing? Because I'm going to praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I know, I know who is able I know who is able. And he said, he hath made us. You know what he's made us? Kings. Everybody say kings. kings. And priests. Unto God. And his father. To him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. What are you saying? You know what a king is? Someone who has authority. When he speaks, servants move. When a king is in the court, things can happen. What are you saying? Sometimes we sell ourselves short. And I know churches, Laodicea, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira to the seven churches, he says there's something wrong with all of you except Philadelphia, but God is still in the midst of you. The Lord is still in the midst of you. And what are you saying? You are called to be a king. That's why he would talk about every, you can tread on scorpions and you can put your foot on, what do you mean? Any principality, any power, there is nothing that is greater than a child of God. And he said, not only are you a king, but you are a priest. And what does a priest do? What was the job of priests? Yeah, I know. They came from the line of Aaron. And you say, well, that's preachers. But he said, you have made us, all of us, kings and priests. What was it that a priest would do? Two main things. One, he brought in incense before God. He worshiped the Lord. The second was he made intercession for other people. You know what our job is in this hour? And I know, we, we have lists, we put out lists, we print lists, we have lists, and I get overwhelmed because I feel like one thing I don't want to do is read for 15 minutes all the names and pray for two. I get it. So we try to give you prayer lists, and we're doing our best to put it out there. And some of you say, I didn't hear my name. I didn't get my name called. Let me tell you, it's on a list somewhere. We haven't thrown it away because we're making intercession, whether it's Tuesday morning or Tuesday night and corporate prayer or it's on a list printed out and given or we're sending out a prayer. Why? Because we take very seriously that we're doing our best to try to intercede. Why? Because he has made us kings and priests. And you ever wonder why people call you all the time to pray? Because they feel the anointing and they go, uh, I don't know if I could pray but I know somebody that can. 
I, I, I'm through. I, let me, I'll go through this last two slides. <laughs> anyway, he says, in a prideful, egotistical world, here he is, King of kings, Lord of lords. And he said, behold, he comes with clouds. Every eye shall see him and those which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. And I know throughout the Bible it talks about the Lord returning in Daniel, in Isaiah, with clouds. There's numerous times in, the, in this verse he said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. Paul, when he wrote to Timothy, he said, Unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. He said, Whatever you do, Timothy, keep his command without spot, unrebukable, and appearing at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen, and nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. What are you saying? You feel like you want to be encouraged and yet you know what's coming. You know what folks are going through and get a glimpse of who Jesus is and start praising him. Start saying to the only wise God, to the king eternal, the potentate, to the Lord Jesus Christ, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, dwells in light. What are you doing? I don't know what's happening. I don't know what we're going to face. But I know I'm a king and a priest. And I'm able to get into the presence of the Lord. And I'm able to all of a sudden begin to worship him. And in a moment, I feel like I'm going to be overwhelmed. I feel grace and peace. Just come down, lift me up for a moment. You say, well... But you haven't read chapters 2, 3, 4. Oh, yeah, I, in fact, just finished 2 and 3 on hyphen. I've read them. And it gets hairy. But guess what? He's still king of kings, lord of lords. Whether you want to say the rapture takes place at 4 or 7 or at 11 or whatever, wherever you want to put it. I'm not here to tell you where to put it. I'll tell you what I believe it is. But I'm here to tell you there is still only one in charge. Yes. And you can have his spirit today. Amen. You can be buried in his name. Let's stand. Hallelujah.